gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and it's time to talk about the guys who block, catch, run, and fear nothing. I see what you did. It's tight end time. I see what you did there. Yeah. It was glorious. It was absolutely glorious, and it is. It is tight end time, and it's maybe not George Kittle necessarily. I don't, I don't believe there's a George Kittle out there in the in the market, but there are some talented guys. Yeah. And there's actually more names at the tight end position in free agency available than I thought there was going to be. Um, which may mean a couple of things, and it may mean the big name guys are going to get paid lots of money, but it also may mean that uh, some other names that are kind of middle of the row, those wave two guys, may end up getting diluted a little bit, maybe a little bit cheaper options for the 49ers to go get. I think that's what you're looking at, wave two, wave three guys, because you're not looking for a tight end one, you're looking for tight end two, slash tight end three, depending on their skill set. But But I thought we needed to trade George Kittle now while we could still get a one for him. Yeah, I'm not all about incurring a $12 million uh, cap hit of 12, you know, in, in dead money. That's just not what I'm about. Uh, I don't think that's what the 49ers are about. That's why I definitely don't think they're going to trade George Kittle, not to mention the aspects of the game that you don't see on the field, the leadership, the locker room, things that he does. You don't move on from a player like that. You don't move on potentially Hall of Fame player this early in their career. You want to talk to me two or three years from now, depending on how George Kittle is doing. I'm sure there'll be more of a conversation there. Um, but no, I don't like trading away good players when they're playing really good football. I uh, agreed with you there, Ant. I don't I don't like doing that either. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And uh, you can argue to your blue in the face with me about uh, George Kittle maybe not putting up numbers, that the, the same numbers that you thought he would post-contract. Um, but there is not a single guy in this league that can do what he does in the run game on top of what he adds in the pass game. And I, I, I guess I missed the games this year, Ant, where he just never showed up at all and just didn't didn't do anything. I guess that was every game this year. Because that's what it feels like some people are trying to get at, that George Kittle's production is down and he has no impact on the offense other than as a blocker. Uh, the, I mean, I think one of the things that gets dangerous is you want every single one of your big-time players to have impacts at an all-time level. I mean, they they want, you know, I, I'm saying fans, want Debo Samuel to have 10 catches a game and Brian Ayuk to have 10 catches a game and George Kittle to have 10 catches a game. And that's just not possible. So what you're going to have is you're going to have games where Debo's on and the other guys are more of a supporting role. And there's going to be times where it's George Kittle and the other guys are a supporting role. And Brandon Ayuk, when you have a extensive amount of weapons, not everyone can make an impact in the games. Looking back on the 49ers in the, you know, in the past, uh, there were games where John Taylor had two 90-yard touchdowns on slants, but there were also games where he had a couple catches. It, it all depends. I mean, and you just got to take advantage of those times that you have, you know, opportunities but you can't have these guys all playing at an all-pro level every single game. It's just not possible. 900 yards is still a fantastic year for a tight end in the league, um, and so George Kittle had another good season. Uh, another good season and, and missed a handful of games in the process. Um, so what you're trying to do for the Niners, it isn't necessarily to replace George Kittle right now. It's to supplement, right? Get a guy in there who can do some things, take some pressure off of George, but also you don't miss anything or you don't miss as much if George isn't on the field. Right. Um, and there are some names that could do that that could be potentially cheap options, Anton. I think the first one that we have to talk about, we did a speculative video last year on this. The tag team of George Kittle and Rob Gronkowski. Gronk is a free agent. I know that he said there's just a handful of places that he wants to play, and he's listed some of those teams out, and the Niners don't seem to be one of them, Ant. But the Niners could be one of them, right? 
I think it's always possible. And and you're right. Last year we teased this. We had a little fun with the whole tag team. Um, you know, the tight end tag team champions and all that stuff. And Gronkowski's brothers even had fun with it. They they liked our stuff on Twitter and all that. Um, I think it's a fun scenario you look at because you know the personality of George Kittle, the personality of Rob Gronkowski. You add in the fact that both of them have been really good tight ends for years. It just makes sense. Uh, but Rob Gronkowski would have to be willing to come and play number two to George Kittle. He'd have to be willing to play second fiddle. I don't know if he's ready to do that. But I do know he likes to win championships. That's what he's about. New England championships. Tampa Bay wins the championship. Uh, but I think with Gronk, it all depends on Tom Brady. Uh, he wants to be where Tom Brady was going to be. So if Tom Brady ends up going somewhere else, I think Gronk would like to go there. There's a just a chemistry between the two of them. If Tom Brady's <clears> not playing and Gronk is still interested in playing and not going back to WWE, um, then maybe he could end up in San Francisco. I say you never say never uh, because you just don't know with Gronk what his mindset's going to be at any particular time. And he might want to just come out here and just have gangbuster time with George Kittle and just have a lot of fun. Um and tear it up with the young kid. We'll see. Uh, I I think I think he probably does have a short list that doesn't include the 49ers, but you never know. No, no, no. You, you especially really with that guy. Yeah, you know Gronk, Gronk is a wild card, man. He can it could be anything. Um, and like you said, it could be the WWE. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me if Gronk, you know, tried tried to get into some other crazy things. Maybe maybe he comes the newest member of the of the Jackass crew. Anton is in Jackass movies. That could be the case. Hundred percent could be the case. Um, that that could be. Rob is a wild card. He could do whatever he wants. And I would prefer and love it if he would wanted to come to San Francisco and team up with George Kittle for an incredible uh, tight end duo there in tight end room. But you're right. He would have to play second fiddle to George Kittle. He would have to be the 1B, right? The Robin to George Kittle's Batman. Um, I don't know if George necessarily is going to be, oh, would be pushing that, but I mean, that's the reality of the situation. George is the leader of that of that room, and he's the one that leads the way in terms of you know playing a certain way. But talk about a guy who would mitigate damage there if George Kittle were to go down. Gronk does that. He yeah. would mitigate damage in that regard, in that sense, and probably isn't going to command a crazy ton of money just because of the age and, you know, the questions in terms of how long is he really going to be playing for. Uh, but let's get into some more realistic possibilities and guys that are a little more realistic. Kyle Rudolph is definitely one of those guys. Um, kind of a do-it-all. Can do it all. Can block in the run game. He's fantastic. Can definitely receive the ball. Is he gangbusters in terms of the numbers? No, but you're not looking for gangbusters in terms of the numbers. You're looking for a guy who can produce. Yeah, and this is a guy that's done you know a lot of good things in this league, and he's obviously ring chasing. And he went to the New York Giants and think he thought they were going to be better than they were. Um, you thought they were going to be better than they were. I, you, I did. You put him in in. I did in one of the top playoff teams. You know, or team that you thought was going to make it. Yeah, yeah. I thought you they thought could they be a wild card, and and they just did not live up to expectations at all. No. Nope. Um, and I think Kyle Rudolph saw the same sort of thing, and they just didn't get it done. And now he's looking to move on and go to a, a better situation. So when a guy is ring chasing like this, yeah, you can possibly bring him in. And you're right. He's more of a complete tight end than, you know, a lot of guys in this league. So he can block and he can catch and he knows how to find little voids in the in the zone. But I think he's an option for the 49ers. And I, especially now, I mean, he is a mercenary. He's a guy that wants to come in. I don't think he would have a problem snip, uh, splitting snaps with George Kittle as long as he's on the field and able to help his football team. Um, so, yeah, I think that's somebody that definitely fits what the 49ers are looking for. And I think the Niners may, if, if the Niners make a move like this and go after Kyle Rudolph, I think it shows that they don't really want to move away from two tight end sets. I think they just felt they needed to because maybe they didn't have the options at the tight end position to warrant putting them on the field more often. Yeah, I mean, in uh, in certain situations, it makes sense to go with the two tight end look. It does. Um, but when you have the second guy being Charlie Warner and he's not really a threat in the passing game, uh, teams kind of know what you're going to do. And Actually. so it, it pigeonholes what you're able to do. And then you try to trick them by putting Charlie Warner out there and hoping he's going to get wide open. It's just not something you want to do. So I think Kyle Shannon would like the ability to run two tight ends when 
know, when it is feasible and when it makes the most sense going against whatever team he's going against, you know, but what they run on defense. But uh, you got to make sure it's the right guy. And if he's cheap, then yeah, it makes sense. Uh, 100% does, Anton. Speaking of another guy who could do those things and a little, little more dynamic guy, big body guy, athlete, OJ Howard. Um, been sharing a lot of time in Tampa Bay with a lot of different tight ends and had some injuries as well. But guy who's still a freak athlete can catch the football, a big body dude, physical. Could make sense. He's not going to command a lot of money. No, I like it a lot. He's one of those guys that he's going to be affordable. Um, when you have an affordable option and with a lot of high end ability, you bring him in and kick the tires on and see what he can do. And he has high end ability. He does have high end ability, and he's a better pass catcher right now than any of the back backup tight ends that the 49ers have had over the last few years. Um, so you can do some things with him, and you know his ability and what he showed in college. He can play H back roles. He can play in line. He can play in the power slot. There's a lot of ability with him. So. I would definitely be interested in making this move, especially with his market value being about $2.2 million. That's uh, crazy to me. To me, that sounds like a very solid investment for the 49ers. In fact, I'm very excited about that potential. There's a guy we didn't put on the list in David Njoku, who's got a lot of receiving ability, athlete, doesn't necessarily have the H-back stuff that that you know O.J. Howard could do in that regard in the same way. Um, but O.J. Howard, or, excuse me, David Njoku has not done a whole lot, and that market value for him is set at about $6.2 million. When I saw that 2.2 number for... OJ Howard was like, oh my goodness gracious me. People must feel like he he's just not going to add anything or that yeah. teams would be looking at, at, at you know, him as a tight end one option. I think this is a steal uh, at, for, a, for a tight end two to come in, a guy who can come in sparingly, can learn the system and, and do things in a variety of different ways. I think any package he's on the field with with him and George Kittle, talk about a package with him, George Kittle, and Kyle Yushik on the field. This looks like a power run set, and it could turn into a set where you get play action and deep shots. Yeah, definitely a lot more versatility with him than you have with like Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner. Uh, it's about versatility. It's about giving yourself options, and to me, this makes sense. And the, the number is friendly, and that's the thing. You want a friendly numbers. I would rather have him than David Njoku. Uh, maybe I'm in the minority in this, but I value him more in the things that he could do in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Scheme fit-wise, he just makes more sense to me. I think he's more diverse. Yep. I think he does more things. I think David Njoku is kind of pigeonholed into a receiving option. As a tight end of this league now. That's what it feels like he is. Um, hasn't blown blown it away. And that could just be Cleveland. It could just be the quarterbacks he's had there. The, the reason why that is. Um, but I haven't seen enough diversity out of him to feel that way. OJ Howard, there's there's some diversity there. Maybe it's not as, as diverse in terms of the skill set as people think or would want. But it's more diverse than what we had in a guy like Ross Dwelly this past season or Charlie Warner. I think he immedi yeah. immediately slots in as your second tight end right now. Oh, yeah, it's not even close. He, he's definitely that option. And I think you feel comfortable that if, you know, George Kittle is out a couple of games, that Howard could go in and he's a viable option that people have to at least fear. You're not going to go lock this guy down with a linebacker like people were able to do to Warner and Dwelly. Uh, so I think that those give you those options. Plus, he's just a better blocker um, than Ross Dwelly. So you don't have to worry about when you're in receiving sets and you decide to run a third, you know, third down draw on third and five, um, that the guy's going to absolutely, you know, tank and not make the block. Howard can get the block done. So... Yeah, this would be a great move for the 49ers. I, I like this one a lot. And speaking of Thanos' favorite tight end, Ant, what are the chances that Ross Dwelly is back in San Francisco? I think there's always a chance, but I think the fact that you've seen him relegated to the bench pretty much all season, uh, where he became the third tight end. Charlie Warner passed him on the depth chart. I think spells... Quickly, by the way, Yeah, it, it could spell the end for him. And his blocking just continually got worse. Uh, it felt like he just didn't improve in that area. And I was very, I thought he was promising going into the 2020 season. You've seen the kind of the chinks in the arm and the blocking that season. And then the pass game hasn't developed after that. Well, and then he put on the, the size, right? He came into training camp. He was bigger. He looked bigger. And everyone was like, oh, this is it, right? Charlie Warner coming into his own. He's put on the muscle now. Now we're going to, 
we didn't see it. We didn't see any of it. it the development wasn't there. Charlie Warner passed him on the depth chart, um, and it went from Ross Dwelly as tight end two, and you know some people pushing a narrative that this guy was you know as good as if not better than George Kittle just didn't have the opportunity to show it. To uh, it's very obvious that you know Ross Dwelly just doesn't have it. Um, anyone that said that Ross Dwelly was a better option than than George Kittle are probably the same as you said Josh Rosen was better than Jimmy Garoppolo and was going to be QB one. And those people should never be trusted with anything that has to do with personnel decisions, like ever. Oh. Um, just just stop. Just so, stop hold watching on. Do film. you mean to tell me that their criticisms of Brian Greasy recently have been probably most likely almost one hundred thousand percent overstated? I, I think it's interesting about the the criticism of Brian Greasy. I mean, I know he has no experience in as far as coaching. Um, what he does have experience as doing is playing. Uh, I think that you are a lot of times, you know, people look at what you've done so far, but you have to get your start somewhere. Um, knowing that this guy played in the league for eleven years means he has a a very good understanding of what it takes to be a quarterback in a bunch of different areas, whether that's a rookie quarterback, hmm. a veteran quarterback, hmm. or a quarterback towards the end of his career. And he can in institute a lot of that wisdom into a young football player. And uh, this is, a sh I know, a shocking development. He was coached by different quarterback coaches throughout his uh, tenure. And he also worked with Gary Kubiak, uh, Mike Shanahan, John Gruden. Um, whenever you work with co guys like that, you you know about quarterbacking. Oh, Stunned, Ant. Stunned. Yeah. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely stunned by that. I'm stunned. I'm, I'm grateful for that insight, and hopefully the cutback crew learns something important, other than don't listen to Thanos. Uh, let's move on. Let's move off of Thanos's boy Ross Dwelly, who yeah. may or may not end up back in San Francisco. Time will tell. And I think our, I think our team's better without him. That means we improve the position. We've been talking about this since last year. We need to improve the position. This was my biggest, one, one of my biggest. It was one of my biggest pet peeves because yeah. I kept saying coming into the draft. And, and you felt the same way coming into the draft. There were options at tight end, and we're like, let's upgrade the tight end room. The tight end room, not that great, guys. Other than George Kittle. Like, George Kittle elevates that tight end room to a whole nother level. Outside of George Kittle, there's not a lot there. Can we can we upgrade the tight end room? Guys, let's draft somebody. And everyone's like, no, don't draft nobody. Tight end room's solid. You don't need anybody else. We're fine. Uh, I mean, this is the time. It might be the time now. I'm okay with Charlie Warner being three. Um, I'm okay with him three. I, I'm. I would actually prefer that they they get bet so good that he's not even on the team. I would prefer um, that as well. I, I, but I think that him at three, I think you're feeling pretty good about him as the blocking tight end. Agreed with you there, Ant. And yeah. speaking of another guy who's got a lot of potential, high end talent, has not has not lived up to expectations at all whatsoever. But extremely dynamic, and and it might just be the New York Football Giants are just not a good place for players right now while they're trying to figure everything out. Evan Ingram. Uh, because he's been tied to Kyle Shanahan before, because there's been a lot of talk that the Niners were interested in trading for him last year. Correct. This is somebody that needs <clears> to be discussed. Now, his market value, four years, $27 million. It's a lot of money. Um, it sounds like a lot of money for a backup tight end, depending on how Kyle Shanahan plans on using it. You've seen the role that he carved out for Jordan Reed. Could he do something similar with Ingram? You have Jawan Jennings that already plays you know, that slot position. So do you want to bring a tight end in that does the exact sort of thing? And in, in this case, is Ingram that much of an upgrade over Jalon Jennings? I don't know. I, I think that this might be a little bit too high price, but it needs to be brought up because the Niners have showed that, you know, uh, attention to him. And it, maybe he's a possibility, but I just don't know if you're going to pay $6.7 million for him. I don't know if you're going to as well. And I, there might be someone who does. Right there, there are teams who are who would kick the cans yes. on that and pay six point seven for him because he's a legitimate starting tight end in the league who made a Pro Bowl a couple seasons ago. I still don't know how he made a Pro Bowl other than a bunch of people being injured at the position because his numbers were atrocious that year. But this is a guy who's got talent. He's a very talented tight end. It just hasn't worked out with the Giants. Um, and and you're right, Ant. I, I the question is is right is he looking at this situation and going, 
I could make 6.7 million right now, a couple years, you know, three year, four year deal, 6.7 million. And if I don't end up ever producing anything, that'll be the last big contract I ever have. Or, or I go to San Francisco on a one year deal. I'm 27 years old. I'd be 28 going into the next free agency period. I put up the best numbers I've ever put up in my career and get developed and play in a system that knows how to utilize me, potentially here in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan in this offense, where he's not expected to be tight end one, or he's not expected and maybe can turn it around and turn that into $8 million, $9 million on the open market next year. I think it sounds good. But I think the problem is he's going to want to start. Uh, he, he's going to want to be tight end 27, yeah. Yeah, and I think that somebody like Arizona or somebody like Seattle might be willing to move off their tight end. Uh, Arizona can move off Ertz right now and go with Evan Ingram, and he would fit that system and what they want to do in that wide-open uh, nature of the team, and he could feel like his numbers were going to go up. But I think that there's other avenues for this guy and other places where they might even pay him more than $6.7 million for what he could add to their team. So the value is whatever somebody's willing to pay you, and I'm just not sure that this guy at this age be willing to come in on kind of the mercenary deal that like Kyle Rudolph or one of them would, or even to the ability to turn $6.7 million into $8 million or $9 million where he could get a, a contract that is more guaranteed that he's locked into. So he secures his future. I, I agree with you there. I, I really do. And another guy who I've kicked the tires on this a lot because I've seen flashes and potential of him when he was with the New York Jets and Chris Herndon. I've seen the potential with him at, as a tight end option. The only problem I have with him for the 49ers, and this is my big concern, is, is I haven't seen a lot in the run game from him in terms of blocking, him being solidified as a run blocker. If the Niners are looking for a power slot option, if they're trying to maybe not move off of Jawan Jennings, but give themselves options at that position, then Chris Herndon might make sense. The only problem is you lose, I feel you lose something in the blocking aspect, and there hasn't been production from him. There's been some injury history and concern with Chris Herndon, um, but it's another guy who hasn't necessarily been in great situations, no matter where he's been. Went, he went to Minnesota last year, didn't have a lot of production behind Irv Smith Jr., um, but it's going to be a cheap option. It's definitely something I think they could consider. Um, I think Chris Herndon is an, is an interesting prospect because of the athletic ability, but I don't know if it's a fit, especially since we know the 49ers not, or maybe aren't necessarily looking for two tight end sets, three tight end sets, things of that nature. And uh, I'm not sure what he adds other than as a pass catcher. Uh, Herndon really got on kind of my radar when the 49ers were preparing to play the Jets in 2020. Uh, that's when I kind of broke him down and looked at, you know, what he was able to do and, how he could, you know, impact the 49ers defense, but with his skill set. And I, you're right. He's a he's a talented player as far as in the passing game. Um, but is he that much of an upgrade over what you have? You know what I mean? Because you have Charlie Warren as the blocking guy. Um, how much better is he? I know athletically he's better than Ross Dwelly, but how much better production-wise is he going to be than Ross Dwelly already? Um, I think Herndon would be an option if they can't go another route, but I think they'd rather have a more complete tight end I think they don't want to be as pigeonholed into what they were before, whether they have a receiving tight end, then they have a blocking tight end. Because I think when you get on the field, the other team has a better idea of what you're going to do. If you have someone like George Kittle, you don't know if he's blocking. You don't know if he's going out for a pass. Um, if you had someone like Kyle Rudolph, you don't know if he's blocking. You don't know if he's going out for a pass. When you put Ross Dwelly out there, he can't block. Um, so you know he's going out for a pass. If you have Charlie Warner out there, um, you're going to let him run wide open because you don't know if he, you don't really think he can make a big play. <clears throat> And if you do, you're guarding him with a linebacker. So matchup-wise, the Niners need to improve their matchup. So Herndon that way, maybe. Um, but I think they do want to go away from the less pigeonhole tight end and into a more complete tight end. Uh, Jordan Matthews is already on the roster, somebody that's trying to develop into a, a blocking you know, tight end, somebody that can do that. If he could, he has the skill set to be a, a receiving threat and a blocking threat. Not wrong there, Ant. Speaking of guys who may be a little bit more complete options, who do you got next on your list that you're looking at and thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe this 
this allows us that flexibility, right? That diver This diversifies a little bit and gives us those better matchup opportunities. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Pruitt. Uh, Michael Pruitt was part of the 49ers, you know, training camp last year. And I think barring injury would have made the, the roster. He would have made the 53-man roster, but he just couldn't get healthy until the very end. And it wasn't enough to show the team, you know, what he was and what he was capable of. Then he goes back to Tennessee um, and he had himself a good, a good season. So yep. I think he's somebody that number one is a fantastic blocker. But number two, improved drastically in the receiving game. So he's already a better better option than Charlie Warner. So you've upgraded, you know, wide or tight end two. I think in a perfect scenario, you would get Pruitt and another guy um, and really upgrade that tight end room. But I think he's somebody that you feel is a, a better option than Ross Dwelly. So he's a better option for the 49ers. If he ends up being tight end three for San Francisco, if you're able to get him and someone else, then this is, it's great. It's a, it's a win at the free agency position for the tight end room. Because, yes, he's an upgrade as a blocker over Charlie Warner, and he's drastically improved as a route runner. Um, that was the biggest concern coming in. When we, when we brought him in and we were talking about this and breaking this down last year, it was, yeah, we know what, we can, what he can do as a blocker. The question is, 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 the, is it there as a receiving option? Because the athleticism is there, but hasn't translated. I haven't seen it. He definitely improved this year with Tennessee. He was a red zone threat. He was a guy on third downs they could rely on. Um, when they went there, big, heavy sets with him and Verkser, um, he was he was flashing. He was getting open. He was available in space. He was open. Uh, Tannehill was hitting him on crucial downs and distances. Um, he was that all kind of all season long for them. Um, he had himself one heck of a season. And I agree with you. I, I think we both sat down pre-show and said this was a guy that was not only on the list, but on the list and was probably a guy who would have been on the roster that we'd be talking about the Niners re-signing had he not got hurt. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too. I think last year when we saw him getting signed, the obvious thought was he was getting signed to re possibly replace Charlie Warner or to push Charlie Warner. Correct. Uh, when, in fact, it looks like maybe it was actually <clears throat> Ross Dwelly that was the one that was on the hot seat. And so Michael Pruitt actually, you know, not making the team because of injury it helped Ross Dwelly stay on the roster because I think he would have been gone because that's just a signal, I believe, that they're looking for a more complete tight end than they are one that's kind of just, you know, one way or the other. Okay, I, I agree with you there. And, and uh, Eric Ebron, another name, not going to cost a lot of money, veteran tight end in this league, done a lot of things as a blocking option, as a receiving option. Um, I know Pittsburgh Steelers fans joke about the stone hands. He drops some some crucial balls. But this is a guy who blocks well in space and does does a lot of great things, a little more rounded tight end. Um, I don't think his market value is going to be too high. I don't think he made, I think he made about 8 million last year and didn't really do crazy numbers and ended up losing his starting job to rookie tight end, baby Gronkowski and Pat Fryermuth out there in Pittsburgh. Um, do you think this guy is looking to still try and be a tight end one in this league? Or does he think, do you think he's kind of realizing that, Hey, tight end one might not be an option. Let's take a little bit less. Let's fulfill a role with a team and try and win some Super Bowls. I think it's about longevity now. I think okay. he's just going to try to make his you know career uh, longer. And one of those ways would be to go lock up with you know Kyle Shanahan because you know you're going to get some opportunities to catch the football because he is a very good pass catcher. I know they talk about the hands and all that, but he's proven that he can make catches. And things like hands can be worked on. Um, all these things, a lot of it's concentration, not so much that you have stone hands and all this stuff. Um, it's a concentration thing. So if he's putting too much pressure on himself or he's turning up field too early um, looking for contact, those are going to be things that attribute to him dropping football. So you get him in, you put in the work, uh, you get a coach like Brian Flurry that can work with him and get him in the right situations. Uh, it would be nice for him to play behind, you know, George Kittle. This is what we talked about with Delaney Walker uh, last year. Um, Ebron has those kind of capabilities. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that tested through the roof when he came into the league. Everyone was actually saying he was going to be the next Vernon Davis. He, of course, is not Vernon Davis, but what he could be is a nice second option for the 49ers. Then Charlie Warner can stay in that blocking role that he is. And you have Ebron that's more of a complete tight end who's proven he can be a, a tight end one in this league. 
But as a tight end two, he's one of the better tight end twos in the entire league. Absolutely. And that's the thing, right? Is you're looking to upgrade. You want to upgrade the room. This is yep. a, this would be a major upgrade and it's not going to cost you a lot of money. Um, and it's a guy five who, million probably. I, th- I would say at the most, right? Yeah. Most five million. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you could get a, a $4 million base with some escalators um, and, and not take a huge cap hit and maybe push some of it down the road. We're going to see. I like that name though. I like that option. I like that opportunity. And another intriguing option that's going to be very, very cheap. And a guy who doesn't have a lot of production, but has shown he can do some things. Um, is Blake Bell. Blake Bell is an interesting name that's out there. Um, I, I don't know, though. I mean, this is one. Do you think this is an upgrade over Dwelly or over Warner? I think it's an upgrade over Dwelly because okay. I, I think that Blake Bell has some ability. I think this is one of those things where he he was drafted a while ago now by the 49ers. He was. Uh, came, you know, came out of Oklahoma, used to be a quarterback. Uh, so he, he's big, he's physical, um, and he's tough. And I think big, physical, tough guys fit in what the 49ers like to do. I, I think he improves the room over Ross, Ross Dwelly because I think he'll help in the blocking aspect and those He's sort of things. Significantly better blocker. The, however, I don't know how much he really upgrades the room that much. Uh, so I think he would be one of those you know bargain basement guys that you bring in, have him compete. Um, so I think there's other options that are more enticing. But yeah, I think he's somebody that they would be interested in because his skill set is somebody that somebody that could be a red zone threat who showed a lot of versatility in college. So you never know what Kyle Shanahan or you know even someone like Mike McDaniel could scheme up for this guy. Um, I know McDaniel's in Miami. That's why I threw it out there. It might be a possibility for them as somebody to back up Gasecki. They bring him back for the whopping $12 million or whatever it's going to be. Um, but I, I think that the, the Niners would kick the tires on Blake Bell. I, I think they should. I think they should at least look into it. I don't think it's a bad thing to look into. I think it'd be if them doing their due diligence. And a guy who's improved. He's improved during his time in the league. Um, he's gone from not big, important, not a big role in Kansas City to the last couple of years carving out a, a nice role for himself over there and being a piece that was kind of agitating watching on, on film, watching him complete and convert on third downs for him, uh, you know, being a blocking presence for them and helping them establish a run game. Um, it's annoying because I just don't like Kansas City and I don't like seeing a former 49er helping Kansas City. It's uh, it's frustrating, Ant. Uh, but you know what, Ant? I'm going to go a little crazy here. Oh, wow. Just a smidge. Crazy Town Bonkersville? Uh, maybe not Crazy Town Bonkersville, but it's getting to Crazy Town. Yeah. So this one gets to Crazy Town. Um, and some of you may be going, oh, Zach Ertz. No, 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 Robert Tunyon. I get it. The market value is $12 million. I get it, Ant. Uh, it's, it's $12 million. I understand. Crazy Town Bonkersville. It's not Crazy Town Bonkersville. It's Crazy Town. This guy's been hurt. He's been injured. The, n- the numbers don't justify $12 million. I don't see how a team is going to want to pay this man $12 million. I don't. I understand the upside, but he's been hurt. And if he's looking at it going, a team's only offering me eight, and I know what I'm worth. I know that I'm one of the best tight ends in the league. Do I partner up with my boy, George Kittle, who runs tight end you for one year in San Francisco? One year. Take less knowing that I could get exponentially more. No. No, just no. Can I dream, please? You, oh, you I can, can dream. dream. I know I can dream. You can definitely dream. I mean, everyone. God, that would be fantastic. It, it would be fantastic. Um, it's not going to happen. This isn't though. Madden. I know. All right, Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's just, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? I, I think that, I, I think Robert Tom, Tanyan made a lot of sense uh, if his number wasn't what it's going to be. I mean, that, yeah, he's going to get 10 plus million dollars. He's definitely lot. out of the price range of the 49ers. So we're talking about tight end two, not tight end one. No. Um, so yeah, no, this doesn't make sense at all. I wish I, 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 I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, that'd be one dynamic duo, wouldn't it? Oh man. Uh, but no, Robert Tanya will not be a San Francisco 49er in 2022. It's part of the reason why it's hard to talk about guys like Zach Ertz too, because that number is supposed to be in that seven, $8 million range. Um, I imagine seem like the Cardinals is going to want to bring him back. They're Unless not going to want to let him go. Ingram. Now, if they go Evan Ingram and Zach Ertz is available, 
and sitting there. Six million dollar range is what that six, seven million. I know you don't want to bring him in for six or seven, but if no one's wanting to pay him that money and that number starts to drop a little bit, we start getting post draft time period. Niners necessarily don't have that tight end room completely locked up or locked down, or we haven't made a move. Um, would you consider it at around four and a half, three? Somebody will pay him. Somebody will pay him. Seattle's got $38 million. Sure. They'll pay him. Um, there's other teams. That Miami, Miami's got a lot of money laying around too. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna probably bring back Gasecki, but if they lost Gasecki, I could see them going to Ertz. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the 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 Jets could also bring in him to play tight end. I do. You know, think I think he wants, wants to. Play, he wants to be tight end one still, right? He wants to be a tight end one, and I believe he also wants to win his championship. I think that is something that's high on his radar. So the Jets might not make sense. Maybe Tampa Bay does. Uh, Tampa Bay could. They could make sense, but who's gonna play quarterback? Uh, right now, they don't have a quarterback. And right now, they're not able to bring back very many of their free agents. Accurate. Right now, most of their roster is filled with undrafted free agents because they have so many guys that are just out. I don't think Tampa Bay is as enticing as everyone thinks. And the reason that Tom Brady looked at it and was like, I'm retiring from Tampa Bay. Well, hey, man, they may get first, five first-round picks for him. So who knows? Uh, yeah. No, anyone that believes that's the actual, actual asking prize, come on. Um, Bruce Arians said that in that way for a certain reason. But there were already talks, right, that there was preliminary between Miami and Tampa Bay, and they'd worked out close to what an agreement could look like um, for Tom Brady. So I, I think that I think that they would be willing to trade Tom Brady for the right situation. I do not believe it would be San Francisco because it's in the in the conference. Uh, so no, it's it's a little bit of a different thing. But when since when did Bruce Arians start making personnel decisions? I don't know. Yeah, apparently uh, apparently about a week ago. It's just it's it's Bruce being Bruce, right? Um, he doesn't wear he doesn't wear what he's supposed to wear around his waist. And, and he wears you, it on around and, his chest. And you booze, you lose. Yeah, and or you uh, lose, you booze. Yeah, you go change all the things that Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady were putting together. Uh yeah. And uh, let everybody know that Tom Brady was a key pa- a key part of winning a Super Bowl, Ant, but he wasn't the only part. You know, what there Bruce were a Arians, lot of people. You know what Bruce Arians never did without Tom Brady? Win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Darn, Ant. Darn. That's a shame for Bruce Arians. I mean, there's Bruce... a lot of coaches, I'm sure, but. <laughs> It's Bruce. I mean, in theory, that's not true. Bill Belichick won two as a D coordinator with the uh, New York Giants. So suck at anyone who's going to say Bill Belichick. Yeah, well, and Belichick, uh, believe it or not, was one of the main reasons the 49ers lost in 1990 because Belichick went to Parcells and was like, our game plan, we can't do that. We're going to get killed. We have to switch it. We have to let them run the football. Uh, Letting them run the football meant Joe Montana wasn't using his arm. And it ended up paying off. They kept the score low, and they ended up winning the game. Look at that, Ant. Look at that, indeed. Uh, wizard. Wizard of a man there. But look, let us know what you think about this tight end room, this tight end free agency. Are you as down on the tight end room as we are? Or do you think the Niners are just fine? And, you know, just get some bargain basement tight ends. Get some get some bargain basement guys and fill it out. We want to hear from you. So comment down below which of the free agent tight ends that we talked about as well. Do you like the most? And how much are you willing to spend on them? We want to hear from you, Cutback Crew. And while you're down there commenting, don't forget to like and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah, if you listen to the audio version, go ahead and give it a rating and, and leave some comments and let us know what you think. A nice review. Um, we'd love to hear from you in that area. It really helps the pod out a lot. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I'm curious if, if anyone's willing to go the free agency route or they just want to go the draft. Maybe there's players in the draft, tight ends that they're really high on. Maybe. Um, let us know in the comment section. Are you going free agency for the, the backup tight end? Are you going... In the draft, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. It definitely is. Cutback crew, we'll see you on the next one. And until that time, stay safe. And remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.